So I'm going to start by saying that if you haven't checked out my Trap of Reincarnation episode, I suggest you do so, so that you can better understand more or less what I'm going to be alluding to on this episode. To give a brief synopsis of that episode, as well as other episodes dealing with the trap of reincarnation, I basically said that the whole cycle of reincarnation is a fucking trap. It's bullshit. And the fault doesn't reside with humans, but in the entities that keep sending us back to this world over and over again and wiping our memories in the process. There is a book that I recommended in those episodes, I think one of which, um, or I should say, and the book was titled Life After Life. And it was a scientific account and uh, experiment where uh, this doctor went and found children who could remember bits of their past lives. And he basically showed and proved that reincarnation is real, that you do come back and that there are people who remember their past lives but only while they're children and then afterwards they eventually adopt the persona of the new individual that they're living as and I basically said that that's it's a trap it's a trick something is repeatedly forcing us to cycle back to this world whether you're living the same life over and over again or you're coming in as a different life if at death an entity shows up and says look at your life you made a mistake how do you know that he hasn't or that entity hasn't done the same thing to you an infinite amount of times and if you are supposed to correct your mistake how are you supposed to do so if you have no memory of what you've done in the past or the fact that at the end of your life a review is going to happen and then you would be prompted to keep coming back how do you know that that's your first interaction with that individual so i delve into it a bit more deeply if you're confused as to like whoa wait what please go check out those episodes there's more than one episode dealing with what exactly i'm talking about now Um, So please go check that out so that you can really start kind of marinating on that thought process on the fact that the whole coming back here is a trap. The whole coming back here, in my opinion, is a con. Just call it what it is Um, for the simple and obvious fact that our memories get wiped. So if you wipe somebody's memories of a past event and then you send them back here, how do you stop them from just making the same mistakes over and over again especially if there's some sort of mechanism that makes it so that once you get up to a certain age your past life memories start to fade and any you're still left with that feeling of why are we here what are we doing here right you completely once you get past a certain age in childhood that i don't know what word i want to look it's uh that that where you basically forget uh, damn it, I can't think of the word, but you guys know what I'm talking about. Well, that kicks in and then you have no no memory, no recollection of the fact that you have even lived a previous life before. And so in that book, Life After Life, After Life that is one thing that the doctor may note up, that once the kids reach a certain age, 
they no longer can remember even being able to remember their previous life, let alone remembering their previous lives at all. And to me, that's a scam. If if you want people, if, if the entities that keep sending us back here legit cared about your improvement as an individual, then why would they wipe your memory knowing damn well that you're going to just keep making the same mistakes, whether it's in the, the, a previous life and you get sent back to that same life or in a new life, right? If you don't remember what you did wrong or that you were doing something wrong or that there was a life before, if which majority of people don't even know this stuff. To a lot of you people listening to me right now, this is probably the first time that you're hearing that there's actual scientific fact and scientific proof of children remembering their previous lives. So if you are living in a society, in a culture, in a system that's set up for you to forget your past, then how the fuck are you supposed to even learn from the past so that you can improve your present and do better in your future right think really really think about that and now i'm gonna i'm gonna explain why that is important why what i just said is important especially in dealing with what we're experiencing right now in terms of quote-unquote race relation i'm going to start by saying there's only one race you guys know this at this at this point like you got to start looking at the human quote race as a fucking as a, as a vehicle, right? Think of it as um, uh, a Jeep Wrangler, and we're all Jeep Wranglers. We just come in different colors. Like it's not that fucking complicated. And I don't know why something this simple has caused so much pain um, in our failure to understand this. I would say the the pain that it has caused is probably um, built in by whoever it is created this reality that we're engaged in right now. I have kind of delved a little bit deeper into those sort of concepts on my other podcast, The Dark Oracle's Guide to the Multiverse. And that one is just 15 episodes. That's it. Everything that I, you know, have to say about the nature of this reality, I do it um, from a more scientific perspective on that and those episodes and I would suggest that you go check that out particularly wake up neo um the underlining synopsis of the entire uh series of that podcast is that something here wants you to suffer um and the reason why it wants you to suffer so that the simulation feels more real so if you're interested at all in that I suggest you go check out that podcast particularly the wake up neo episode which is actually uh, episode 15. So you can start with the last episode and then work your way back um, and pick whatever titles sound intriguing to you. But we're one race, like your Jeep Wrangler is one car, and we just come in different colors. And each color has its own type of functionality. And that's it. And somehow these differences, quote unquote differences, um, has been enough to cause pain, suffering, chaos for centuries. And it's dumb. And, and I don't even blame the human race. I really don't. I blame whatever it is that's behind the construct that created this construct that keeps causing a lot of this 
to happen, that keeps wiping our memories before sending us back here and having us relive the same bullshit over and over again. So in another episode, I talked about karma um, in relation to using that Life After Life book as a foundation. And I talked about how um, Japanese, for example, Japanese um, soldiers who had bombed the Burmese ended up coming back as uh, Burmese children. And so that was their karma. So the people that they hurt, they ended up coming back to experience the pain of the people that they hurt. Right. Now, you could on, on a surface level say, well, that's their karma. They deserve that. However, bear in mind that you have to really pause and evaluate what is, what is fair. What is fair? We live in a world where there's like hundreds, if not thousands of different religions, right? And we have no idea what's truth because everybody is claiming to be the truth. So that's your first sort of setback. Two, if we knew better, we would do better, right? If you knew without a shadow of a doubt, if you lived in a system where the knowledge was that without a shadow of a doubt, that if I hurt this person, I'm going to end up coming back as maybe that person's child so that I can feel the suffering of what I caused that person. Yeah, that would obviously change the way you deal with that person, right? But one, the system doesn't allow for a universal truth where all of us are sort of either programmed to believe or accept. And two, your past lives keep getting wiped from your fucking memory. So any lessons, like as I'm talking to you right now, I could have reincarnated to this world six times or 6,000 times. I have no fucking memory of that. So when I've, I've had that end of life review and they show me my life, um, I don't know how many times that has happened. I don't know how many incarnations, you know, I've fucked up or made mistakes on. And I don't know how many times this entity has basically told me I, quote, had to come back because they wiped my memory. And so if these are the entities wiping our memories and yet we're supposed to somehow glean that we're supposed to be decent to each other when we're living in a world that we can't really leave and we have no idea of what we're doing here or how we got here and we're literally just scrapping together bits of of things that we do loosely and subliminally remember to form some sort of basis of religion. Is it our fault that the world is the way it is? Or is this the motherfuckers who created the construct and keep deleting our fucking memories? Right? So like the episode of Black Mirror, I think it's called White Rabbit. I could be wrong. I just pulled that title out of my ass. But basically, um, it was in season one and it, fit, it figured it featured this female girl and she had committed a horrible crime. OK, so let's start with that. You don't find that out. Spoiler alert until towards the uh, end of the episode. But she had done something horrible. But we are watching her go through this pain and this chaos of like, she's being hunted. She's being hunted. She's being recorded and something is, you know, people, groups of people are filming her. And then she's crying and she's screaming and she's like, what did I do? What did I do? And then they wipe her memory and start the whole entire cycle again. Whoever wrote that episode understands what the fuck is going on here. Because at the end of the episode, you're, you, you sit back and you're like, okay, what she did was fucked up. But like, 
she doesn't even remember what she did. So what they're doing to her is equally fucked up. So everybody here is guilty on some level. And so I know that we're programmed to think that any entity that visits you after death, we're in the face of some god or your grandma is a good being because it's, quote, giving you a second chance. But I really want you to sit with what that actually means. Like, really pause and meditate on what the fuck is actually going on. Everything that I said up to this point right now, sit with that and think about really how fucked up that is. You know, it could be argued like I'm a black female and I'm dealing with the with the pain of living in this country and as a black person and what that what racism has done, you know, and how that made me feel. And I could make the argument or you could make the argument that at a in a previous life, I was a racist. I was a I was a racist towards a uh, a black person and I was like whatever race I was before. And so I had to now come back as a person of color. Right. So that I can learn, you know, basically, quote, suffer the consequences and the karma, the karmic debt that I had encountered from being a racist in a previous life. That would be, quote, just if I remembered being a fucking dick before, right? I'm, I'm an exceptionally weird individual. I'm the only, like, I'm, I'm one of very few people who actually has the time or the interest to sit and really reverse engineer how I ended up as a black American in this country and speculate. But the reason, the, the very reason why I have to speculate is because my memory was wiped. So I, I can only guess based on little clues and hints that I've left to myself, which I've alluded in previous episodes, like, you know, my affinity for the Buddhist religion and Eastern religion and my affinity for German philosophers. I have no idea. I can only guess. So I can, I, I can say for sure that I was a male. And I can guess that I was either a Hindu or a German who was really fascinated by um, Eastern religion and Eastern philosophy. But these are only guess. And I wouldn't have to fucking guess if some assholes didn't wipe my fucking memory before sending me back here. So how is that fair? How am I supposed to appropriately rehabilitate myself if you don't, if I have no knowledge of what I'm in rehab for in the first place? And here's the other thing. So I said, I'm exceptionally weird. How many people are now developing hatred towards, like how many people of color are now developing hatreds towards white people and then subsequently we'll now have to come back as white people like and then deal with what's eventually what what's going to happen which is like 400 years from now this country is going to be predominantly or predominated by people of color and then whites are going to be the minority and so all the people of color who in the in the interim end up turning everything around and then the and then whites become sort of the victim of the racism that they put onto people, right? Like that cycle perpetuates. And so if you are, not now, right? Because it's, it's too close. But let's say 200 years from now, whites, 
you know, are now the minority. And so people of color start treating white people the way white people treated people of color. Um, if you were a person of color and you mistreated a white person, guaranteed when you die because of how the cycle is set up, as long as this world keeps going, you're going to come back as a white person having no knowledge of what you did previously. And it's just going to, it's going to keep cycling over and over again. And you're, you're, you're probably listening to that. Or let me finish this thought. Like, how is that fucking fair? How is that fair? So all the white supremacists now that are, you know, in clan, you know, in clanships, and they're really enjoying the privilege of being white. They are going to be, because first of all, these are, these are unconscious people, because in order to have that much hate in your heart, um, you clearly have to be unconscious. So they're not even working on or thinking about what is life going to be like for them? What is their consciousness going to have to experience once they exit this simulation and then they get reincarnated back? And because they're unconscious, they won't be able to talk to these entities and say, nah, fuck that. Like, why, why did you wipe my memory one? And why didn't you tell me you put us in a construct without any knowledge of anything? knowing damn well that this is exactly this is going to happen. And so they're going to come back as children of black people. I can say this without a shadow of a doubt because I can extrapolate from the macro to the micro and I can look back in history and understand just by looking back in history the consequences of what we're dealing with now. And that's really the true nature of this um, episode. We're going to talk about white slavery. And when I say white slavery, uh, the reason a lot of you might kind of raise an eyebrow, because up until this point, you've been programmed to believe that only blacks were ever enslaved. And I kind of hinted at this um, in a previous episode, but I thought I should delve into it more deeply in this episode um, just because I know that we have been programmed and history, bits of history, pretty large bits of history, I should say, pretty large chunks of history have been deleted or wiped out or whitewashed in order to lead to the mindset that we have it pro- proliferating throughout our society and our culture now. And a huge chunk of that was that black slavery and the enslavement of black people literally was not a thing uh, um, until the 1500s, I would say, was was the earliest, just rounding up. And before that, it was Slavic and white people who were predominantly slaves, so much so that the very word slave comes from Slavic. Okay, I'll say that one more time. So much so that the very word slave comes from Slavic, as in the Slavic people. Okay? And so, when I say the word Slavic, I mean 
the Russians, the Ukrainians, Belarusians, the Polish, the Czech, Slovak, Serbian, Bulgarian, Serbian, Croatian, Macedonian, and Slovene. These are Slavic people. And from about the, from at least from the point of history where I looked, um, I started looking back to, it was about 400 um, CE, which is the current era, um, which used to be called AD, which is after death, but they're slowly changing that um, so that it's not referencing, referencing um, Christ, uh, the Christian God. Um, so about the fifth century, um, it was Slavic people who were predominantly enslaved. That's literally where the word came from. In the book Lies My Teacher Taught Me, the author basically explains how education is not what you think. Education isn't, you're not going to school to learn history, not at all. Um, If you were, then you wouldn't have believed that Christopher Columbus was some sort of hero who quote unquote discovered America. That's programming. You're not going to school to be educated. You're going to school to be programmed. How can you discover something that people are already living in it? But up until most recently, a lot of people, if you ask them who discovered America, without thinking, the, the response that comes out of their mouth was Christopher Columbus. And that's the nature of education, particularly public education. It is indoctrination. And you are programming people to believe a certain thing. And that is how cultural violence and structural violence is shaped. It starts with what I would call miseducation. Also in the 1900s, they made it illegal. The censorship board made it illegal to depict white slavery that was also a type of brainwashing and whitewashing of history. They wanted the general public not to see themselves, particularly the 90% of the whites in that culture. They wanted them, the whites, to not see themselves in positions of servitude and instead wanted it so that when people saw enslavement, They only saw dark skin, thus programming individuals to think black skin and slavery, to link the two together. Even though, like I said, literally the word slavery has the word Slav in it because they were the original slaves in the modern era, in the current era. Okay, at this point, if you are a European American and you're feeling uncomfortable, that's a good thing. This is not meant to turn the screws. It's meant to open your eyes. And I want you to not associate, if you can, really hold on to not associating with the present skin color that you're, that you're wearing right now because it doesn't fucking matter. It doesn't matter because you're not the skin and your consciousness has always existed throughout history. 
I'll say that again. Your consciousness has always existed throughout history. And you have incarnated and reincarnated several times as various races. You just don't remember because these assholes wipe your memory. So you might be a white American or European American now, but maybe at the time that Slavic slavery was occurring, you were a Mongoloid or uh, a Jewish person or a Muslim, an Arab. Okay, so you really have to break from this identification with skin color. I'll say that again. You really have to program yourself to break from this identification with skin color, especially as I'm talking about this episode right now. It's a psyop. And not by, done by humans, but by whatever entities are creating and controlling the construct. So now we live in a society where you say slave and most people automatically think black. That is by design. That is by design. That is by programming. It is subliminal, but it is there. So much so, in the Wonder Woman slash White Woman movie, (laughs) um, in the opening scenes, if you blink, you miss it. They showed how the, it was supposed to be, you know, men versus the Amazonians, right? The males versus the Amazonians. And they talked about the women were kind of driven out. And the only person that they showed with a chain around their neck was a black person, was a black woman. Don't believe me, go back and watch it. You blink and you miss it. I saw it. And nobody else commented on it, and I don't think anybody else noticed, noticed it, but it, fl- it flies under the radar. You are programmed to associate slavery, even though Slav is in the word, with black skin. That is intentional, that is programming, that is structural violence and cultural violence. Okay, so I've said all that. Now, let's get back to what I'm talking about. Let's talk about white slavery. So let's start with where the slave trade originated or began and who were the dealers and who were the buyers of Slavic slaves. The demand from the Islamic world, it was a demand from the Islamic world that dominated the slave trade in medieval Europe. Most Christian slavers focused on moving non-Christian Slavs from European territory to Muslim territories. In the mid-8th century, Venice, Italy was the main hub of a thriving slave trade as traders bought Slavs and other European people and sold them to the Moors in Northern Africa, in Muslim Spain, and in the Middle East. Slavs even sold other Slavs. When I say Moors, Google Moors, Moors were black Africans, they enslaved the Europeans. As early as the fifth century. Okay. During the ninth and 10th century, 
Southern Italians sold Greeks, Bulgarians, Armenians, as well as Slavs to North Africa. In the 10th century, Germanic rulers of the Saxons, the Saxons are modern day Brits, took over Slavic enslavement. Genoa, along with Venice, dominated the slave trade in the 12th and 13th century, selling Baltic and Slavic slaves, as well as Armenians, Turks, Georgians, and other ethnic groups of the Caucasus region to the Muslim nations of the Middle East. Are you guys seeing what's going on? Are you now starting to understand what cycle is being perpetuated? Okay. So I'm going to let you sit with that a little bit. And then I'm going to move on. Modern day Danish, Norwegians, and the Swedes in the past were called Scandinavians. You better know them as the Vikings. These Scandinavians, which are the Danes, the Norwegians, and the Muslims, I'm sorry, and the Swedes, rather, um, they enslaved the Germanic Gauls, which are basically the Germans and the French of today. They enslaved the Franks, which are obviously the French and German. They enslaved the Anglos and the Saxons. They enslaved the Celts. So the Anglos and the Saxons and the Celts are your modern day Brits and your modern day Irish. The Scandinavians also enslaved the Slavs. So you have the Danish and the Norwegians and the Swedes enslaving the Germans and the French and the Brits and the Irish. In fact, many Irish slaves were used by the Scandinavians to colonize colonize Iceland. The Vikings also would raid British monasteries, British Christian monasteries, in order to source educated slaves to sell in Venice or the Byzantium. Scandinavian slave trading centers of the Anglos and the Saxons and the Celts and the Gauls stretched from Sweden to Russia before the end of the 8th century. They hinted at that in that show Vikings, but they didn't delve into it deeply because keep in mind, the showing of white slavery is censored and had been censored since the 1900s on television and media. That's part of the problem. There are also records of Jewish slave merchants which date at least as far back as 492, the year 492, 
when the Catholic Pope Gelasius I permitted Jews to import non-Christians into Italy from the Gaelic territories at the request of his Jewish friend. Now, the Gaelic territories are ancestors of the French and the Germanic people, Germanic German people. So the Jewish slave merchants, there are records of them enslaving the Germanic people and the Gauls way back in the year 492. By the turn of the 7th century, Jews had become chief slave traders in Italy and were active in Germanic territories, moving Slavic slaves as well through the Alps to Lyon to southern France and eventually to Spain. From the 13th to the 18th century, the Mongols, Asians, the Ottomans and the Turks also traded Christian slaves through a process that they called, quote, harvesting of the step. The Mongols enslaved Eastern European peasants from Turkey, Bulgaria, Ukraine, through Russia and Poland. For 300 years, roughly 3 million people passed through the Mongol slave markets between the Crimean Khanate rather, to the Ottoman Empire and to the Middle East. Captive slaves were then converted to Islam. And, though most, and although most of the flow of slaves was of non-Christians, to Muslim countries. In the 13th century, the enslavement of Muslim slaves also began to become more common. Since trading of slaves was permitted by law only for non-Christians, at the close of the Middle Ages, more European nations became Christianized which led slave traders to begin looking for, for slaves from other regions. Also, hostilities between the Christians and the Muslims began to intensify, causing popes of later years and later centuries to forbid slave trades with Muslim countries as slaves sent to Muslim countries would often become soldiers that were turned and used to fight the Christians. In the 16th century, African slaves slowly began replacing Slavic and other European ethnicities, which eventually led to the African slavery that we are now very familiar with now.
I wanted to give you guys a, a brief synopsis of a history that the majority of us were kept from learning. And I want you to ask yourself why that would happen and what our world would look like now, particularly focusing on the United States, what our country would have looked like if you were taught, regardless of what race you were, quote, race you were, what color you were, that black people didn't emerge out of the fucking earth to serve and to be enslaved to white people. I know a lot of black Americans that struggle with this because their history was wiped too. And then I know a lot of white Americans who look at history and see themselves as some sort of dominant race because they enslaved black people. But this is what happens when people are intentionally made ignorant of history. And those who forget the lessons of history are doomed to repeat it. How does this benefit people knowing this? Well, how does it not benefit? If history repeats itself and people aren't aware that people of color enslaved Europeans first in the common era. I'm only talking about in the common era for this episode. If you're interested in, in slavery before that, do your research. But I want to focus on the common era and slavery, particularly in medieval Europe, because you have white people walking around like they conquered the entire world. And then you have black people walking around getting very angry and also feeling inferior. But the system is set up for that, and that's a kind of structural violence. It's a psyop. You're fucking with people's heads. How does this help anybody? See, I wanted to start with the story of the entities that hold us hostage in this reality, and that's an aggressive stance. I don't know what else to call it. I've grappled, and you, you know, my regular listeners know that I've grappled with the idea of what is the nature of this reality. And on good days, I'll say it's a game. And on good days, I'll say it's a kind of heaven. And on bad days, I say this is hell. And on neutral days, I'll say it's whatever we make it. But when you make people repeatedly come back here, and then you wipe their memories you're dooming them to repeat the same fucking thing. And it's the same thing that we're seeing on the micro level. So we have this happening on the macro level, which is outside of this construct. These entities keep you coming back and they wipe your memory of the history, damn near guaranteeing that you're gonna make the same mistakes and keep coming back. Now on the micro level, on our cultural level, you have our historians and white supremacists who censored white slavery, who excluded white slavery from the history books, damn near damning all of us to repeat the cycle of enslavement. And for some people who are uncomfortable and they look around and they maybe look at Africans saying there's no way that the Africans could ever you know, rise up, 
there was a time when the Chinese, the ancient Chinese, looked at the Europeans the same way because for the longest time, the Chinese were much more advanced than the Europeans. We're in a cycle. And it's not even a cycle that we can control so long as we stay unconscious. In fact, you're guaranteed to perpetuate the cycle if you are unconscious because you're not even cognizant of what's going on. It's a pattern. It's a loop. It is programmed in and it, it thrives on you being ignorant as to what's happening. I am optimistic about what is going on now. I think that that's one way we break the, at least the, quote, race-related cycle. Because if we can all at some point get to the point where we just look at each other the way dogs look at each other, where it's, I don't care what color your fur is, let's kick it kind of thing, then that, that breaks the cycle, Right? If nobody is mistreating anybody, if no group of people is mistreating another group of people, then you, when you die, you're not going to come back, you know, to suffer the consequences of what your culture or your race did to another group of people. I want to bring, bring, bring back to your memory, to your attention, the story of the fact that, proven, these are facts, that Japanese soldiers came back as the Burmese children of the Burmans that they had bombed. So it behooves all of us to break the cycle now because at least right now we're aware. If you're listening to this, you're awake, you're conscious right now. So you, can, you have the chance and the choice to affect your future right now. That's, of course, assuming that they just don't send you back to the past. <laughs> I mean, it's fucked up, but life is a, is, it is a cycle. It is a circle. Um, we can protect ourselves from maybe creating a fucked up future where, you know, the cycle perpetuates itself. And it goes from, you know... Black people enslaving white people, and now, now we have white people enslaving black people, which, of course, is going to then lead to black people enslaving. Like, this shit has been going on back and forth for a very fucking long time. For a very fucking long time. Now, could these entities just send you back, like, say you're a white supremacist now, and, you know, you either are indifferent to the struggles of people of color or you legit just have hate in your heart they could in in theory just pick you out of now modern times and place your ass back in the year 1700s you know virginia mississippi or some fucked up other part of the country like in the heart of slavery but clearly that's not your fucking problem because if you're listening to this podcast right now you're listening to this for a reason the idea is to wake yourself up and get conscious enough while you're living now so that once you have to face this entity 
all the any other any idea that that you know once you die that's it that's a lie that's that's a program lie i said this to my husband i said a lot of white people are now waking up and realizing oh shit like i've been low key racist i'm low key a white supremacist and it's not their fault it's their programming now imagine you can go 40 50 60 years and not even realize that you are one benefiting from a system that thrives on the you know, subordination and sublimation of people of color. And you didn't even think about it because that's how deep that fucking program is. Share this shit with people. Share this episode with people because they need to hear this. Side note. Um, but imagine going 50, 60, 70 years, not even realizing what was going on. Black people could see it. Mexicans could see it. Asians could see it. But you have been programmed to not be able to see it until like, let's say recently this happened. What else have you been programmed to see and believe right now that is false? One of the things that I'm telling you that that you've been programmed to believe that is a fault was that you were created. You weren't fucking created. Matter cannot be created or destroyed and neither can non-matter. Your soul is not matter. You have to extrapolate the macro from the micro and vice versa. Your soul is not matter. Somebody asked me on the YouTube channel, they just saw a comment, um, who created us? And I haven't responded to them yet, but my, my instinctive reaction was, who told you you were created? No one fucking created you. That's a lie. I'm telling you right now, accept that shit. You were not created. You need to accept that the way you accept the fact that white supremacy is ingrained in our system. And even though you've lived your whole life and have been unable to see it, it's there. And not just white people need to accept this, but black people need to accept this, and Mexican needs, Mexican Americans need to accept this, and Arab Americans need to accept this, so that they can start looking at their behavior and asking themselves, whoa, why did I behave like this? And why have I been censoring myself and pulling myself down? And, you know, because my mind too, I have also been programmed with the mentality of white supremacy. So nobody created you, you've always existed. You can't reincarnate over and over again if you've always, exi- if you've never, if you just came into being at birth. The two cannot exist simultaneously. So you have always existed. Your soul is infinite. It's, it's immortal. Your soul is immortal. Nobody created you. I think the bigger question is who created the construct? But you need to accept that. You need to accept that you weren't created. You also need to accept that when you die, I'm sorry that, you know, it's, if you want to call yourself an atheist, it's cool to say that when I die, that's it. That's a trap. That's a trap. And it's a trap with too much at stake, too many consequences. It's a trap with too many consequences that you can't afford to believe. You cannot afford to believe that when you die, nothing happens. Because if you're wrong, there's too much at risk. If you're wrong, it could be an eternity of looping back into the same bullshit. So you can't afford to believe that, one, that you can die, and that, two, when you die, that's it. Because you choosing not to prepare for what happens after that, after death, 
leaves you open to getting re-injected back into the cycle, into this world with your memory wiped. This is a heavy topic, but think about everything that I said. A lot of the things I just stated, I didn't want to just, I didn't want to beat your head, you know, beat you over the head with it. I just wanted you to hear it and let that cycle through your brain. So you pause and think like fucking karma. We're all living out our karmic debt from past lives. I'll say it three times. We are all living out our karmic debt from past lives. We're all living out our karmic debt from past lives. And my thing is, fuck that. In order for the cycle to work, you have to make it so. The humanity, your mind is the most powerful force on this planet. And you have been told that you are insignificant. And that's a fucking lie. Like everything else. And so you're told to venerate these, quote, gods. And you're told that these gods are perfect. And that when they say things and when they show up after death and they say go back, you accept their authority. You don't challenge them because you're programmed not to. And I pull it back to white supremacy and to authority. You're programmed to accept authority, to not challenge authority. That's a program. So that's how you have situations where a person like Adolf Hitler, for example, can have millions of people engaging in horror. One individual can have millions of individuals collectively engaging in antisocial and sociopathic and psychopathic behaviors because they're programmed to believe in the infallibility of authority. You are programmed to believe in the infallibility of a God and so, or a spiritual entity. And so when, when you do, quote, die, which is, it's, you don't fucking die, but when you leave this body and you meet these entities and they say you have to go back, you don't even challenge them. And so they are allowed to continue to perpetuate this cycle, this system, this prison, this school, whatever you fucking want to call it. I, I don't know. I, I don't know. But it is something that's perpetuating and it is something that is unjust. And people keep saying life isn't fair without actually thinking about it. Yeah, it's not fair, but it can be. You have the power. They wouldn't need to convince you to come back, gently cajole you to come back if you didn't have the ability or the option to say no. So they need to convince you that you don't have a choice at all. The programming is deep. It's not just our minds that are programmed in this reality, but our souls are programmed. Why should you pay a debt that you weren't even told that you would be incurring. The fuck? It wasn't properly disclosed to you. You weren't made conscious of it. You're not conscious of it now. You probably just stumbled across this episode and are listening to it like, wait, what? And you're probably 20, 30, 40, 50 years, 60 years old. 
How is that fair? And don't tell me life isn't fair without pausing and, and examining what that means. Well, if things aren't fair, then we should be raging against that. Because that's what the human spirit is all about, is the refusal to accept what is. Think about all the great innovations that we came up with as a species, or I should say as a consciousness that is presently inhabiting the human species, as a collective of consciousness that is presently inhabiting the human species. We came upon this world naked and afraid. And from it, from what nature gave to us or presented itself to us, we have constructed marvelous things as well as horrible things. But we are what we are because we chose not to accept things for what it is. And we chose to change things. We made clothes. We made shoes. We made fire. We made the wheel. We built homes. We built statue. We made art. We showed nature we could rival her. We challenge nature. And do some of us maybe take that a little bit overboard and try to dominate nature? Sure. But you gotta ask yourself, where is that sense of wanting to dominate nature come from? There is that unsettling feeling that we all have that says, something's not right here. I said to my friend, I said, you know, when we want to go and judge other people, you gotta really think about it. We, you know, the 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 spotlight has been placed recently on mental health. And we try to give grace to people who we know are suffering from mental health issues based on their past experiences. But we don't stop to consider what our consciousness, what your consciousness has experienced in past incarnations. You see, I keep saying you have to extrapolate from the macro to the micro and vice versa. If your past life experience, like your upbringing, can affect the kind of individual you eventually become, then your, and by upbringing I mean your childhood, then your past lives experiences, your past incarnation can also affect your present incarnation now and your behavior now. We are all dealing with some traumatic shit. All of our souls, if you want to use the term soul, if you don't want to use the term consciousness, and yes, let's use the word souls because then you can kind of better understand the word. All of our souls have the trauma of countless past lives that we carry from one incarnation to another incarnation to another incarnation. And what's more fucked up about it is that we don't even remember. See, if you go to therapy, and you guys know how I feel about therapy, but I want you to understand the process. If you go to therapy, part of what therapy 
goes to show you is that in order for you to heal from the past, they try to regress you back to your, you know, to the traumatic event so that you can identify it, talk about it, figure out how it affects, it affected you, and then learn and grow from it, right? And a lot of people don't remember what their past traumatic events are. And so they go through life angry or introverted or anxious not knowing why. So when they go to therapy, the the idea, the concept is that if you can go back and think of your childhood, you can kind of shine the light on these events and then heal from them and then move on. But the trick is, right, you have that memory. You you know you have experienced it and, and a memory of it is still more or less in this brain. Now, if you're carrying pain from past lives, trauma from past lives, and that memory has been wiped, then how are you supposed to fucking deal with that? And if you've been incarnated and reincarnated over and over and over and over again, and you've died because, I mean, let's legit think about death and how, you know, not everybody's going to go to sleep and die in their sleep, okay? So you're carrying all of that stuff, all that baggage, but they wiped your memory. How are you supposed to deal with it if you can't even fucking remember? If you don't even know that there are previous incarnations because the system isn't set up for you to come into the reality with that understanding. And if you did come into that reality, into this reality with that understanding, you did so as a child, but it's also set up so that when you hit a certain age, you fucking remember. So how is that fair? How will there not be chaos in this world? How would there not be pain in this world? How would there not be a lot of the injustice and the stuff that we see that happens to fucking children and women and the things that we do to each other? How would, not, how, how, how do you, how would you expect this world to be any different than what it actually is now? And whose fault is that? I guarantee you ask anybody is it, if it's a choice for you to remember your past lives or not. Clearly, you would want to remember. You would be excited at the thought of remembering. If, it's a, if for, at the very least, to better help you understand yourself today. Why you do the things you do. To make yourself conscious, because when you become conscious of the things that are altering, right? They say 90% of your behavior is driven by unconscious drives. But if, you, if your unconscious is a collaboration, a conglomerate of your past lives, and it's driving your life, driving your present, and you're not even aware of it, how is that fair? And whose fault is that? Is it your fault? Is it humans, humanity's fault or is it the people who created the construct and made it so that you couldn't remember and thus change? Thus guaranteeing that the cycle will perpetuate. Now of all things, humanity 
overcomes, will overcome. But part of how we overcome is by becoming conscious of it, right? So the changes that we're seeing happening now, it's because people were forced to become aware of it. And once you became aware of it, then you could affect change. So this is an attempt. You stumbled across this episode. I was driven to record this episode for a reason. By whatever force, I don't know. But if you're listening to this, you're listening to it for a reason. You start thinking about everything that I said. You know, you can break the cycle. We may not be able to access the past. And some people say that you can, that you can talk, you know, you can see, you can talk to your higher self. You can somehow glean from using um, hallucinogenics, uh, magic mushrooms, for example, and communicate with your past or future selves or present selves or whatever to somehow better understand who you are. And that's the healing process. And maybe maybe tap somewhere in your brain, in your mind rather, not your brain, because your brain is, you know, matter, but in your mind, which is not matter, um, somewhere out there is locked all of your information and somehow you can access that. I, I don't know. I've never tried hallucinogenics, so I don't know. I think for me, there are other ways too. Like I said, extrapolate from the macro to the micro and vice versa. Going with what, what I've told you and what you can observe by looking around you, how you know karma works. And what I've said in this podcast and in other episodes, how the cycle kind of perpetuates what you do to others ends up being done to you. I think being aware of that, at the very least, allows you to pause and, and, and stop from reacting so that you can at least control what you can do now. Because that's all you can do right now. As I, as I learn more, I will attempt to share more because ultimately I want everyone listening and the people they know and care about to be adequately prepared, not just for this world. I, I want you to be prepared for this world. And that's why I tell you, you know, certain things like, you know, stop watching the news. Um, and the news is obviously created to make people reactive and unconscious. So I want you to be able to properly navigate this reality as best as you can. But I also want you to be properly prepared for what happens after you exit the construct and you have to face these entities one more time. And if I can just reach one person and that one person just looks at this thing and says, no. Because clearly it's a free will multiverse and that's why they go through all of these efforts in order to, uh, to force you, to force your hand to choose something they want you to choose. They can't explicitly make you do something, right? They can't make you come back into the construct because then to them, 
they're the bad guys. But they can maneuver you to make the choice. They can condition you to make the choice that benefits them. And so if just one of you listening can, through meditation, through working on consciousness, maybe through hallucinogenics, I don't know what your path is, but if you're working towards that mindfulness of being conscious at your, you know, end of life review, enough to say, when they show your life and say, you made a mistake, you have to go back, you can say, You can be your own advocate and say, I don't have to do anything. I didn't, I wasn't given a choice. You wiped my memory of my past lives. And you put me in a world without any understanding of what the nature of this reality is. And then you put me in situations where I had to do what I felt I had to do based on whatever cultural ideas were imposed upon me. I never had a choice. And so you're telling me I have to go back and live in a system that you allow those outside of the construct, you allow to continue to perpetuate and you're not making any changes. So clearly you guys like the cycle the way it is. You're seeing all the suffering from outside and you're okay with with this. You're okay with children being hurt. You're okay with us brutalizing each other when you at any point in time can make yourselves known and say, hey. This has been going on for a really long time. Hey, you guys are all one. Like you really could come out and and tell us in a grand way. That would be very easy. And then you could say that we had a choice. But a lot of people are largely ignorant of the nature of this reality and have had to search deeply or reincarnate several hundred times before things start to become familiar enough where they can start going, wait, something's not right here. So I'm sorry, you you should be able to say to these individuals, I'm sorry, I'm not going back. What's after this? I want to go to the next place. And I know that in Hindu, Hinduism, they talk about breaking the cycle of reincarnation. And they wrote about this thousands of years ago. So the cycle can be broken. It is an option. I don't think you're trapped here without against your, quote, will, but I do think that your will is manipulated to benefit the entities that manage the construct. And so the way you do that is while you're here, waiting for that eventual interaction, you can work on being conscious, you can work on being mindful, you can work on being aware and awake and non-reactive and being in control. Not just of yourself, but to a certain level of your, your reality experience. So I want you to think deeply about everything I said in this episode right now, all the way from starting with the history of white slavery and, and thinking about, really deeply think about 
how that the withholding of that has shaped our reality experience now. And thinking about what can you do to affect change in the reality? We all keep sitting around waiting for somebody to save us. You, no one's coming to save us. We have to save ourselves. You are someone. If you're looking for someone to make a difference, you are someone. 